Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by One United Bank, America's largest black-owned bank and first black internet bank. One United believes that money is power and we can use it to build wealth in the black community, not only for today, but for the future as well. This is more than a moment. It's a movement. With the right mindset and actions, we can be financially woke. When we unite the power of our dollars, there's no limit to what we can do. Move your money and bank black with One United Bank today. Visit OneUnited.com to learn more. Hi, I'm Joy Marie. And I'm Courtney. Welcome back. It's another episode of Job Logs, helping you make sense of making a living in today's world of work. Yep, new episodes on the 1st and the 15th. Coming up. You know what? It's uncertain times. Mm -hmm. And we're just talking about the ways that we can prepare ourselves for the unexpected. So whether you want to call it a plan B, a safety net, we're kind of getting into the weeds of staying ready so you don't have to get ready. Love it. But first, you guys know we like to clock in with each other, see how we're doing personally, professionally, especially in this day and age. Yes. Courtney, how are you? I'm doing well, letting the spirit of Gucci Man LaFleur guide <laughs> me. Pastor Gooch. Yes, yes. Positive thinking. Listen, I'm loving his flourish. He is so positive on Twitter I these know, days. I know. I know. He looks so good. Got yes. his new album out. So, yes, I'm just trying to stay positive because, you okay. know, I've expressed to you that I now hate self-care. I hate every time <laughs> someone says it to the me. Term. I yeah. just don't like the term mm-hmm. anymore. But I feel like... I've slacked in that area, too. Mm. Like, I think I've just been letting myself get stressed out Mm. and all that stuff. So being more disciplined about, like, carving out some time for myself, Gucci is a very big part of that. Good. What's your self-care ritual or routine of choice? For me, I like to close out the day. I like to wind down before because I sleep horribly when I Mm. don't but I like to kind of like cut off the TV Mm. like do some reading maybe a little journaling a little meditation (laughs) just kind of calm spirit I love that I thought you were gonna say wind down with wine because that's my wind down of choice that's my after work love it love it um what's going on with you I, you know, similarly am being very uh, intentional about being grateful and just like adopting yeah. more of a gratitude mentality. That's Because I'm definitely the type of person who's always like, what's next? What don't I have? What do I, you know, what do I need to do to get to the next level? Mm-hmm. But I realize I don't really often stop and just like appreciate everything I have or what I've worked for to this point. Yeah. So, um, I started journaling as yes. well every night. It's my birthday month, so thought I'd journal every night for 30. And just, like, it's been great because I've just been reflecting on everything I'm happy to have. That's awesome. Family. That's yeah. therapeutic. Yes, uh, and a lot is going on in the world. Yes, as well. Uh, is going on in the world. So did you hear, well, I know you did because we talked about it in the group chat, mm-hmm. <laughs> Dove's latest little kerfuffle. Yes, I saw the ad. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, like, fuming. Yeah. Like, I was just confused. Can we talk about that sure. a little bit? Because, 
So um, Dove, I guess, released an ad on Facebook. Yes. Somebody screen capped it. It was a video. Someone right. got a screenshot and they were like, The screenshot was more frames. viral than anything. Yeah. yeah. Of like, it, it looked like a black woman with a brown shirt taking off her, sort of taking off her shirt, MJ, black and white style, and transforming yes. into a white woman with a white shirt. And then there was like a bottle of soap next to it, which didn't help. Yeah. It didn't help. Yeah, so I feel like we were in our group chat. We were just like, "What? What, what is were they going this? for?" <laughs> and then when we saw the full ad, it was—I was even more confused. Yeah. Like I don't what it. Yeah. I don't. It was. It was bad. <laughs> yeah, but the so what I want to talk about is just like I think it's okay to not always be offended. Like I think it's all right to sometimes take a look and you know you. Be true to your opinions and just be like, I don't really fully see the problem. I mean, I wasn't offended, though, but I also didn't support it either. Yeah. Like, it was just, like, poor, it was just poor decision making. Like, it just yeah. made me think, like, why don't you guys hire more women of color? Yeah. Because I feel like you would have saved money. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody would have said, hey, this is just not worth the payoff. Yeah. So let's not do this. Yeah. Because even because uh, you know, one of our mutual friends was playing devil's advocate. It was like, well, I can't make an opinion until I see the full video. But I think I mean, to your point, I think like the snapshot image matters just as much. As it does. Whatever the content is, the brand is. creating. Yeah. So that does matter. But. I don't know. I just, like, people were throwing around the word racist. I know. People were, like, doing their think pieces and stuff. And I was like, I don't know if this is a hill to die on for yeah, anything. I thought it was a little extreme. Yeah. But um, in other news. In other news. In real extremities. Okay. Jamel Hill. Jamel. ESPN. Poor thing. Suspended. Suspended. Recently. Okay. And I have devil's advocate thoughts about this as okay. well. Okay. <laughs> because... So this is the second time she's been suspended. I yeah. Believe. What was the From first time? Was what about was the Trump, wasn't it? She said right. she called him a white supremacist. Which yes, he is. And she alert. was like talking about the Ta-Nehisi Coates article, which was like called the first, like it was yeah. all about Trump being a white supremacist, right? Which he is. So she got suspended for that. Second time she got suspended um, because basically she was saying, well, like I'll read her tweet verbatim. Okay. Like she was quoting someone. And she was saying, if you strongly reject what Jerry Jones, I believe he's a Cowboys owner, Mm -hmm. requiring players to stand for the anthem. If you strongly reject what Jerry Jones said, the key is his advertisers. Don't place the burden squarely on the players. And so then she talks, and it's like she says multiple times about, like, don't lash out at the players, like, target the advertisers. So that's why she got suspended. But this is my thing. You're telling people to boycott the advertisers of the Cowboys. You work for ESPN, (laughs) who more than likely share advertisers with Mm. the Cowboys. So it's like, can we really be shocked that they would have a problem with you calling for boycotts of their advertisers? Yeah. You know what? I'm going to take off my black Twitter Insta outrage hat right and for a moment try to be objective which I think the real problem here is that no one ever is objective when it comes to black people or black women. right so right. we know that if it probably would have been a white man which it has been because hello your president right nothing would have happened we know that we're not right. disputing that but I do agree with you to the extent of like we when you work for a company, you're a representative of that company, and that's why people put that little thing in the bio. Yeah, that's like 
you know, these are mine. Yeah. But even with that, that doesn't like completely, you know. Right. Yeah. So, so it's like, I don't think <laughs> we tricky. can be like surprised that like, so some people are like, oh, she was just talking about sports. Like she's, you know, giving her black viewpoint on sports. And like, right. I'm like, that's fine. But like, there's other, there other things, things that play. play. Now, yeah. of course, like they could have just said, done that internally. I yeah. mean, like, a girl, like, I get it, but yeah. this is our money. Yeah. So, of course, I mean, there's a reason why it was that her punishment was public, mm-hmm. for sure. Yep. Yep. But I think definitely as we, I mean, we all want to speak out and we all want to have a viewpoint, yeah. but you kind of have to, navigating yeah. that corporate aspect to it is very tricky. It is. And other disheartening news that I can't <laughs> seem to stop uh, you laugh like to keep delving crying. into <laughs> harvey weinstein isn't it icky did it's you re- listen to the audio it's so creepy yeah so i read the full so harvey weinstein big whatever miramax hollywood mm-hmm. legendary exact um if you have been living under a rock or haven't heard you know i guess it was like a very well-known thing within the industry that he was kind of predatory um outright you know, raping some women, some of these accusations, definitely sort of sexually harassing. And Very, just like, gross. real freaky, nasty Nasty. nasty. Oh, Well-kept secret within the industry for over 20 years. Yes. But um, the New York Times did an expose, blew the lid off that thing, oh, followed the by the... It was the New York Times oh, to okay. start, yeah. Two people reported on it, and then the New Yorker followed up gotcha. with actual details Ronan Farrow I believe his name was I think he spoke with 16 women gross. <sighs> super gross so gross worth noting that like Harvey Weinstein is um like he was much he's kind of diminished figure yes. like he very much ran the show in like what is it 90s early 2000s yeah. so it's like he's this takedown was happening as his influence isn't as yeah. strong as it used to be. But, I mean, the whole thing just got me, it, first of all, it's so sad, but mm-hmm. the whole thing just got me thinking about these, like, systems. That's that, what got me, is, like, they built a whole infrastructure around his horrible behavior. Yeah. Like, everyone complicit. in the company is, like, in on it, and they, like, they know to, like, you know, shuffle these actresses yep. up to his room Hotel and then disappear. Yeah. And then they know to like, oh, let me get her some projects so she won't say anything. Yeah. Like, it's just like. Yeah, ugh. it's gross. And I and I feel like those systems exist in every industry, mm-hmm. whether it's related to like harassment, sexual harassment or other types of systems. We know about like sort of racial oppression or yeah. um, bribery. Or even like just being like a horrible person. Like, I've worked at companies where when it's like when the entire, you know, operation is geared around one person and like keeping their personality soothed or what have Mm -hmm. you, you end up just having these crazy things like much more minor. But I worked somewhere where part of the we had like a whole guideline checklist of like Mm. stuff that this person doesn't like so like mm, simple stuff stop. to like oh don't crumple your potato chip bag oh God, like stop. written yeah. in employee handbook guidelines yeah. so it's just crazy how it can just get out of hand and yeah, yeah yeah for sure anyway y'all stay woke out here and yeah and also don't blame women for stuff when this not. stuff happened like 
people are blaming like Hillary for not saying something soon enough. They're blaming like Angelina Jolie, yeah. like, oh, you're so powerful. Why didn't you say anything? Like she yeah. was, like she just came out the womb. Well, she did come out. The well, womb. that's Angelina the part that's gross too, is because he was preying on these women when they were so early in their careers and that kind of industry like Hollywood and acting like yeah there aren't it's not as easy to just be like no like right. there's one gatekeeper and if you like cross him the wrong way I was reading about how he was getting legal teams and PR teams to like smear people's reputations mm-hmm. like I can't imagine how intimidating and scary that is so yeah it's really gross when people abuse power like that but I am always comforted in the fact that it always comes out so yeah watch yourself Watch yourself. And then finally, a news that tickles me (laughs) um, is how much Facebook is in the news lately. Facebook is about to get that but regulated by the government, (laughs) and I'm cackling. Um, So Mark Zuckerberg took a break from, like, low-key running for president. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if y'all have seen, like, his post of, like, me and my wife are in Iowa talking to the good folks. It's like, what are you doing? (laughs) So apparently, um, we know about Russia tampering mm-hmm. with our elections and like creating all these fake posts and mm-hmm. feeds designed to like pit us against each other. Side note: Black Twitter has been calling out fake accounts forever. Can I tell you a personal forever. story? Go ahead. You remember when I checked in somewhere on Instagram and it changed my location to Russian, and I tried to tell y'all about it. Oh, you did. And the people laughed at me, and I was like, "Some." It was election night, and I was like, "Something is going on here." See. Look at See, if y'all would just listen to us, <laughs> we know what's happening. Right. But anyway, I just thought it was very interesting that mm-hmm. Zuckerberg, um, at first they were like, oh, this this would never happen on Facebook. Boo. <laughs> and now he's like, um, quote, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we're going to catch all the bad content on our system. We don't check what people say before they say it. And frankly, I don't think society should want us to. Zuck, yeah. you're not like a country. Like you're not yeah. the government. <laughs> like you have a business. It's your job yeah. to like filter yes. <laughs> and fact check yeah. your content. So it's interesting because I'm taking a course right now just about digital media companies and how mm. it's always this cycle where like they let them go free and then like there's inevitably a monopoly mm. or something and then they start regulating. regulating yeah. So it's just funny how the hubris of kind of Silicon Valley is just thinking like, oh, we're just going to set up these automated systems, mm-hmm. let them go crazy, make money because we don't hire people mm-hmm. to manage them. And, you know, whatever happens, yeah. happens. Nope. Hire people like I I buy Facebook ads all the time and it's great the convenience. But the fact that like I can just pay for like a million people to see this and y'all just not going to look at it. Not going to regulate it. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So, you know, pay attention. You're going to see a lot of your tech companies getting busted up. Yeah, I'm here for it. All right, this is a segment of the show where we highlight the products, services, tools, experiences, all the things that we're currently loving or hating in our professional lives. So, Joy, you've got something on your heart today. I do, I do. And I am raving about a strategy. So, just last night, actually, I was feeling really overwhelmed. It's been like a really busy week. Everyone's back to work Mm -hmm. at work. We had this to prep for and a bunch of other stuff. Um, And I started, like, anxiety started creeping in. And so I sort of got debilitated and didn't want to do anything. Mm, I feel you. Um, 
And that happens from time to time when I have a lot of things on my plate. (laughs) So I found an article on Inc. that just recommended strategies for when you're feeling overwhelmed. Okay. And as we talk about kind of um, prepping for plan B in the future, I think also thinking about like saving your energy for things that matter. That's kind of how I think about this is like, don't waste the, you know, the terror and the anxiety stressing over things that you don't have to. So I'm going to recommend a couple strategies from the article. All right, shoot. So one, they say chunk it down, like take a look at your big tasks and figure out really what are the small actionable pieces that you need Mm -hmm. to get through. So make it manageable. Yeah. So like in my case, the thing that was overwhelming me was like, oh, I have to do like my year end review. Mm -hmm. That's like this big, like abstract thing. But when I broke it down, it was really like, oh, I've already started working on this. I really only have to like figure out like two or three updates to what I already started. And that, you know, made me feel a little bit better. So chunk it down, break it down. Secondly, um, they recommend like investing time in technology when it makes sense. So if there are things that can automate what you're doing or templates or ways you can sort of like rinse and repeat. Like in my example, I used, I started with what I already had. Mm -hmm. You know, think about that. Um, And then prioritizing. I think that is one of my (laughs) like big areas that I struggle with because everything's always like the number one thing that yeah. I finish in my head. And yeah. Like really stepping back and being like, okay, but what actually needs to get done tonight? Mm-hmm. What can I do tomorrow morning? What can I do next week? Yeah. Like that's been big. And sometimes I do like a fake uh, prioritization because like the thing that I dread the most, I'll just make mm. it the first priority. Cause like sometimes like y- you're just procrastinating not to do that thing. Mm. And it's like clouding your judgment about everything else. It's just like, okay, let's just get this done. Yeah. Um, And then lastly, which kind of goes hand in hand with that, it recommends just checking if the deadlines are real. Hmm. Because I think, I mean, we're all grown. So for the most part, we kind of regulate ourselves for the most part. You might have a boss that checks in on the status of something, but we're all responsible for our own work and getting it in. Um, And so sometimes like, you know, asking for what you need, like even today, I, emailed my director and I was like hey can I have another 30 minutes on this and that made like a difference she was like yes she wasn't gonna say no right but I would have racked out my hair (laughs) and my brains trying to get it into her 30 minutes earlier so anyway hope those strategies are helpful but just want to encourage you guys to you know where you can redirect that stress anxiety and energy into the stuff that really matters So we said, I know we've said this on the show a ton of times, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Yes, ma'am. And we've talked about things like keep your resume up to date, but really it's deeper than that. Mm -hmm. So with the craziness that's going on with the world, sometimes we can feel a little unsteady. Mm -hmm. And even if you feel steady, you never know what's around the corner. Exactly. So whether it's, you know, your finances, your work life, we really just want to make it a lifestyle of just being secure in ourselves that whatever happens. Yeah. I think a lot of times when we think about staying ready, we talk about savings and the Mm -hmm. financial aspect. So today we're just going to tackle the conversation from three different perspectives. Yeah. Not just savings and finances, but your work and also your network. So awesome. Just get into it. Yes. Okay. So for the work, um, 
keeping this resume up to date. A lot of people like will email us and talk to me like, oh, I'm, you know, feeling a certain way about this job. And we're always like, keep the resume up to date. But like, yeah. what does that mean? Yeah. Like, how do you know when it's time to like add something to your resume? Like, I know it's just like, okay, this is my current position is there. But like, what, what adds value to that document? Yeah, I mean, this is a lesson I learned this year. I, we mm-hmm. always say it, but yeah. like, I realize like, you can't just wait till the moment you're ready to start looking to be like, oh, let me update everything. I think it's, um, so I think it's just not getting like complicit in your current role, mm-hmm. but keeping your resume up to date is about also having a pulse on how the skills in your field are evolving. Mm. So in our in our case, like we're in marketing and you're in specifically digital marketing. Yeah. Podcasting is becoming huge. Video is becoming huge. Like, you know, like native, like advertising and native content is becoming huge. And so like, it does your resume reflect that basically? Mm. Do you speak the new language of the field that you're in? Yeah. Or are you still using terms from four years ago? That's real. So I think that's one way. Yeah, that's definitely one way. And I think it's like when you have really big wins at work, because we always talk about like quantifying and mm. being very specific about your accomplishments. So it's not just like, oh, I manage such and such type of projects. It's like, oh, I implemented this and increased, you know, x percent of our followers yeah, or something like that the impact right yeah. right so and i think it's easy to forget that like once yes. you sit down and you're like okay what have i done yeah so like kind of saying oh this is this this shows that i can do the do the dang thing yeah so those type of things yeah and i feel like so staying ready with those accomplishments those strategies vary but you might have a little folder on your computer yes I, it's called trophies and i drop <laughs> the emails right in there or sometimes i email myself when yes. I'm feeling particularly high off Excuse of me, what did these emails say? I'll say something like, hey, Joy Marie, like you Come really on. rocked that. And then I'll put in the quotes that aren't in writing or email. So if someone, an mm. SVP pulled me offline and was like, Joy Marie, you did an incredible job with that. I'll transcribe it. So I have it. Look at you. I remember how I felt <laughs> and what I accomplished. Uh, yeah, so you put me on to that. I call it my brag folder. I love that. And usually if anyone sends me an email that says like, oh, thank you so much for this. This was awesome. Any compliments? Yes. They go in my brag folder. folder, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's definitely staying ready. And I think I actually don't even – I think it is a little bit about the actual document of your resume. Mm-hmm. So what's like a good um, – I guess cadence of updating the actual document. Hmm. You know what? Don't let, go by my actions because mm-hmm. I probably I need to do it. Because I would say maybe even like would quarterly be enough? Quarterly? I feel like quarterly is good. Probably or a little instead bit more. Of maybe not even thinking about cadence, but it, in terms of thinking of different types of roles. So mm. if you're like someone like me who has, I have like diversity and inclusion experience, event experience, and digital marketing, but I don't put them all necessarily in the same place because that yeah. can confuse an employer. So having the three versions mm. and making sure it's out in the world so you can also be found. So for me, like just passive sites, like Monster, whatever. Yeah. I'll throw them on there just in case, you know, somebody wants to call me up. Cute. And your LinkedIn profile is really LinkedIn. important. Everyone's always stalking, yeah. keeping aware of what's happening. Yeah. I think another, um, when you said LinkedIn, like another piece of staying updated is even that summary. Like, how mm. do you describe your brand? Yeah. You know, what is the, 
when do I want to be more of the diversity person? Or when do I want to be more of Joy Marie the podcaster? When do I want to be more of Joy Marie the marketer? Yeah, so, so it's like, almost like kind of having your personas mm-hmm. and developing that. Yeah. I like that. Um, also, a portfolio, super yes. imp- another super important document. One way that I just pat myself on the back because I found that I did a little life hack for my portfolio because it's just painful for me to like think about like case studies and examples of work I've done and stuff like that. Tell us, Courtney, what's a portfolio when you're not an artist? A portfolio. Well, you're basically displaying your, the work that you've done. So for me, I will do, this is how I did it. Since I'm a, I write a lot in my profession, I decided to do blog posts. Mm. And what I would do is whenever I had like a cute little win mm. or I had like a campaign do really well, I would just like write about the experience yeah. of doing it. So mm. like thinking about, okay, what was the problem? And then how do we come up with a solution? Mm. Lessons learned. Oh, I love that. And then I just write it as a blog post and then suddenly – because rather than having just like a personal blog yeah. or your or like a strict work site, it's yeah. like oh, if you can kind of go through and like look at all these different ways. Oh, I really, that you I, know, I love that a lot because it's it's like it brings life to the resume. So instead mm-hmm. of being like I launched this project at work, you're like writing and telling us the process right. of how you brought that. So I'm showing to life. you a skill. Mm-hmm but also showing you the work. Yes. So really that is ultimately what your portfolio is showing you the problems that you routinely Mm. address and then your thought process of how you solve them. I need me one of those. Okay. That's for free. You take that. that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. And before we move on, I do want to say that even if you're like satisfied where you are, it's important to do all these things because you never know if there's a promotion coming up and if, no one's going to root for you like you root for you. Mm. So being able to have the goods and saying, like, I deserve this because X, X, X. Like, here's the receipts. It's all yeah. about a receipt. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think I was thinking about it in terms of, like, a new job. But it really doesn't have to be that, to your point. It's yeah. even just, like, staying ready in case you bump into somebody important in the elevator. And you could yes. just whip out the, hey, nice to meet you. I work in this organization of yours. Here's what I just launched last week. Would love to keep this convo going because you just Mm -hmm. never know who you're going to come across. You never, never know. I love it. Okay. So work is together. Yes. Now there's this this intangible thing and we talk a lot about the importance of relationships. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there's not enough talk about being strategic with our relationships. And, like, when people say networking, a lot of times they think of just being uncomfortable and forced. But I think you can blend the two. So why, like we just talked about work, and that makes sense to me around, like, why it's important Mm -hmm. to keep that fresh up to date. Why, like, what's the draw with your network? I would say, because especially the higher up you get, Mm. it's less about, like, the job posting Mm. and more about, like, hearing, like, hey, such and such is hiring. Or, Mm. oh, I know somebody who could fit this. Like, it's more about who you know. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I'm learning that this year. I am learning that. No, seriously, because, Well, you put me on, though, so let's not do this. Because you put me on in my job search. There are things I know in my head that I've talked to. (laughs) all about but like 
I'm really feeling it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think I always knew that, but you really feel it, especially as you move away from entry level roles. Because mm-hmm. I feel like entry level roles are really focused on like your skill set and if you can do the job. And yeah, if you're great and likable, it's competitive. Yeah. But I mean, here in New York City, especially, like, you start to move into middle management, everybody's a manager. So. If you're going to get an opportunity, it is literally 100% of the time because somebody is vouching for you mm-hmm. and putting for you. So, <laughs> But true. How do we make it happen? One thing that's ignored is, like, nurturing your existing roles. Because it's always like, oh, you got to go network with your business cards mm. and meet people. But are you tending to the relationships that you already have? Ooh, yes. Yes. So keeping in touch. And are you tending to them in a way that's mutually beneficial? Because I've been known you since we were <laughs> in high school, you know what I mean? But yeah. like when we started doing this show, I learned so much about your work and what you actually do mm. and like your thought process. So, I mean, not that you have to have a business relationship with all your friends, but sometimes ask people like, or even I, I love that y'all and like one of our other mutual friends will just be like, oh, what do you think about this proposal I'm about to send to my yeah. boss? And, like, share it with your network and get their expertise and see what they have to say. Because sometimes you'll be really surprised. Like, I mean, how smart your friends <laughs> For real. Really? Yeah, I love that. And I think also, like, the people that you meet and, like, oh, you get a good vibe from them. And then all of a sudden, like, they just disappear into the abyss. Like, mm. you just don't even know where they went. Yeah. So I think being intentional about... Um, just maintaining contact with people yeah. and it can be big ways like oh let's you know grab lunch this day or let's yeah. go out for drinks but it can also be like I use social media for mm-hmm. that more and more now Same. like just once you see a great post and like somebody accomplished something just like saying oh hey congratulations on this and just like staying on people's radar in that yeah. way and it can like keeping it very sincere and yeah. just giving good vibes to people it keeps you top of mind yeah I like social a lot um, because I think I used to feel really overwhelmed by having to like email people and follow up and then do a coffee now I just add people on Inst- I add some people on Instagram because I'm like I could just keep up with you that way yeah and DM you when you post a story that's interesting and then you feel like we're still connected and yes. chatting even though we really haven't had a proper catch-up in a while right yeah I like that hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Who should you be keeping in touch with? Hmm. I think if you would have asked me that like seven years ago, mm-hmm. that answer would be different than now. I think I think you should keep in touch with people who are hustling in their respective fields, mm-hmm. quietly or, you know, because I think a lot of times we tend to go for the folks that we see making moves mm-hmm. publicly. But sometimes it's the quiet one you haven't heard from in a while that yeah. is working on their thesis or whatever the case is that's really building um, 
And so I think keep in touch with people who are hustling. Keep in touch with people who um, just kind of like feed your spirit, honestly. Yeah, I was going to say, what people you like. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people, I don't need to be fake around here. Like, keep in, I generally try and keep in touch with people that I just enjoy. Like, I like mm. the way you move in the world. Mm. Like, I like your perspective. Yeah. And generally, like, you know, birds of the feather flock together. You yeah. kind of be drawn to the, like, listen to your gut and your yeah. instinct. That's almost more important than the, um, I mean, people you like that are hustling too, but the hustling is like kind of transactional. It means mm. like you're looking for the people that are going to make it on top. Yeah. And I don't think that's the way to focus because at the end of the day, the people that intimately you connect with and enjoy, those are going to be the deeper relationships yeah. and the people you're just trying to you know, stay in touch with because you think they're going to be successful. Yeah. That's less authentic. True. And I also pay attention to the people who I feel like take an interest in me I mean, <laughs> but especially like of uh, people who are like more senior than yeah. I am and like um like I've worked with um one woman and we just like really clicked and so yeah. even though we're not we don't work in the same space like I still like try and text her and like keep her you know on top of like you know her family and she's moving and so I just yeah. try and check in because like I just kind of want her in my universe, even yeah. even though our jobs have kind of pulled us apart. So, like, yeah. people who inspire you make you feel good. And, yeah. you know, yeah. I think that's the key. I also think it's good to throw some wild cards in the mix mm. every now and then. So, you know, you got your people you like, your people you bang with. But every now and then, just push yourself, stretch yourself that's a little true. bit, whether it's, like, a meetup group or an industry association um, you know, I don't know if you're in advertising, they have like ad clubs or if mm-hmm. you're a designer, they have design meetup groups or photography, whatever the case is, like switch it up and meet somebody that maybe is like polar opposite of you. Because I find a lot of times I'm really surprisingly inspired by, I can be like, who's an example? I feel like I can meet someone who's like, um, like our PhD ep- episode, for mm-hmm. instance, Higher education is not like a space I've really ever been into or academia or like known much about. But I was so intrigued by that whole dialogue. Yeah. Um, And even recently, my someone at work introduced me to this guy that's like this like creative visionary, like on America's Next Top Model, like totally like (laughs) outside of anything Mm -hmm. related to my space. But our combo was really inspiring. Nice. Mix it up here and there. Yeah. And before we like move on to finances, I would just say like you give what you get. Like one thing I really love about you is like you're always sharing like job postings, Mm -hmm. even if you're like, oh, this might not fit you, but, you know, pass it on. I think like if you're seen as the type of person like people know, oh, she's always sending me stuff. When Mm -hmm. something comes up, they'll They'll think like, oh, I should send this to her too. I mean, you would think, but my inbox is empty. (laughs) Put it on the world, girl. Put it out. (laughs) Put it out. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so that's your network, you know. We're building, we're investing, we're hoping that in 10 years, I mean, my honest goal with my network is that y'all will have vacation homes in Bora Bora (laughs) that I can borrow. So that's who I like to (laughs) include. I know I'm no longer sad when people move away. I'm like, yes, Yes. (laughs) vacation spot. Praise. But speaking of vacation spots, this coin. Yes. And we talked about spending it Mm -hmm. extensively. Yes. Saving it. Saving it is can be a challenge. Can be a challenge. But interesting, um, you brought up that there's a savings mindset. Yeah. Speak to me about that. Okay. So I feel like 
you know, and even coming out of that last episode we did with One United um, around spending triggers and things like that, and people were sharing the, the different ways they used to spend more recklessly when they were younger. I think, like, adopting the mentality of having savings at all time is something that took a lot of work for me to do. Mm-hmm. I always, I was the type of person who, like, you know, I, I had the savings account, but if I needed to tap into it or wanted to or saw a pair of shoes on sale, I'd just make that quick <laughs> Yeah. But I think really getting to a point where you literally can't allow yourself to let that account go empty just in case there's an emergency, mm-hmm. just in case something medical comes up or, you know, or even if you want the shoes or a vacation, but you plan for it. Yeah. To me, that's a different mentality than spending everything that you get. And so that's what I mean by a savings mindset. It's just one where you always allocate. Like when your money comes in, it's not all yours. You always allocate a percentage of it to savings. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think a a big part of switching to that mindset is depersonalizing the coins. Mm. Because I feel like spending is emotional. Like you're doing Mm. it to feed something. You're doing it because it's instinctual. And depersonalizing it means like, okay, this isn't about what makes me feel good. This isn't about anything but these dollars and these cents. Mm-hmm. And like kind of just almost ruthless, ruthlessly saying, OK, these are my savings goals. How can I achieve that? Why do we need savings, though? Like, because you are a times. saver. I mean, I'm r- actually a recent saver because mm-hmm. really, I mean, I just got the money to start saving <laughs> if we want to be Hello? real. Um <laughs> Because, like, really, I used to just be about, okay, this is my budget, and this is how I can, like, be responsible with it. But when it came to, like, a surplus? Yeah. Like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> like, I have enough to cover the bases. And I think that's prevalent in our community. I like, think so, too. talks about that on their blogs a lot. Like, if you don't have the financial literacy, a lot of us are were scraping to meet our necessities. And so when you're in survival mode, mm-hmm. you're not necessarily thinking about the extra things you can do with the money. Right, right, for sure. So savings and then uh, I think it's also planning to your point. Mm. It's like, again, it doesn't happen by osmosis. Like you have to like get in the weeds and say, okay, this is where all my money's going. Can anything be spared? Yeah. And then to your point, also not touching it. Like yeah. one of my... Uh, things with savings account is like I don't link it to like anything mm. else like mint or anything where I can see the total like oh. it's literally going into the abyss wow. like I do not yeah. I don't know what the balance is yeah. it's just Building. it's off yeah. it's off in the corner yeah I mean one thing that really sh- I think kind of did it for me with the say like the say switching it on for me the savings mindset was I think I'd seen a quote or a meme or something floating around the internet that was like um it's not how much you make, it's how much you save in terms of mm. your worth. Because it really yeah. is. like. And for me, I had to go through getting significant raises every year and still ending up like with no money right before the next yeah. pay period to realize like my money keeps going up and I still don't have any of it. So yeah. if I'm not saving it, it really doesn't matter what my salary is. Yeah, So that's, for, that's true. Yeah. And I would say making it a priority so that like once you figure out like your budget and what you can spare if you can like some um 
businesses will offer just to like split your check and like portion yeah. will go to one account and one to another but like kind of taking it off the top so yes. you're not even thinking about it yeah. as a loss like I you're operating agree. from a set amount I, completely I think agree. that's a game changer yeah always taking it like so some strategies for doing that I love just setting up the direct deposits mm-hmm. to different bank accounts like most employers at this point offer yeah. that where you can say just take my check I don't even want to see it split <laughs> it up into two three accounts yeah and pay yourself basically with what's left over. Yeah. And for me, what really got me into saving is like goal oriented approach. Mm. So having, knowing that I want to accomplish something by, you know, X year mm. and then working backwards. Like, okay. So what's that? Once I divide all the months, like mm. what is that? Perfect. And then I just yeah. do an accept a completely separate set. Like I have, I have two, two or three savings accounts mm. and it's like once for saving for travel one's mm. like saving for a home one yeah. saving for like you know shopping and incidentals so then it's just kind of like you know you putting it in each little pot yeah and then and i think because i know i'm working toward a goal so yeah. when the money goes i'm like oh Yep. One step closer. Yeah. Take it. Take yeah, it. It's like so, motivation. Yeah. I, yeah. Love that you, I love the categories you mentioned, though, because I think a lot of times people think about savings as deprivation. Mm-hmm. But you it's just really about more thoughtful planning. Like right. We're talking about travel and clothes. Like, you can spend that money. You just don't spend it arbitrarily. That's real. That's real. So instead of, like, saying, oh, I'm going to get this pair of shoes, like, right now. It's yes. more like, you know, this shoes only come from the shoe account. Yes. And if there's no money in the shoe account. We don't no get shoes. Those shoes. <laughs> right, right, yeah. And I think if you want to start small, there are some ways. Like, I have a tip jar in my kitchen. An actual tip jar? An, an actual oh, tip so jar. Cute. And, like, really, I, I just routinely dump all the coin out of my wallet, mm-hmm. all the loose change. So that stuff adds mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Like, for real. Yeah. So get you a little. Uh, my boyfriend gets those big Carl, what is it, Carl Rossi? Carl's Rossi? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I don't. The, the, I've upgraded <laughs> my taste wine. since then, child. So I don't know what it's called anymore. But you can't like you have to break it to like get mm, the money out because yeah. it has such a small opening. Oh, so you can put it in. So but you, you put. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so that's and if you were like me and prefer the apps and the digital <laughs> equivalents of keep you know saving that money from underneath the couch, there are things like Capital with a Q mm-hmm. or um, Digit. You know, yeah. it was really popular until recently. And actually, a lot of banks offer. Um, yeah, like, the, like with yeah. the spare change, they round it up to the dollar exactly. and save the rest. Exactly. Yeah. So there are all sorts of fun solutions. Do what works for you. So yeah, yeah, I think it's back. To, we did an episode about this, about like what motivates you. Mm-hmm. And I think you can apply that in your savings, too. Like yeah. if you're someone who needs to work towards something, yeah. goal-oriented stuff can help. If you're someone who... Uh, like maybe sacrificing something will help. Like if you yeah. feel like you're working towards something that way, like saying, "Oh, I'm not going to eat out yeah. one day of the week and just save that money." Yeah. Like can, you got you got you got to psychoanalyze yourself yep. and yep. play the games with your mind yeah. to get it and right. I had just um, Sophia Amorosa, girl boss. Mm-hmm. I subscribed to that newsletter as of recently, and they just sent a really cool article. Um, about it was kind of like a I guess a controversial like money practice that was suggesting because if you're someone like me that's working really hard on debt specifically um, reducing credit card debt which we talked about a lot of times we'll throw like huge amounts of surplus money to that debt Mm -hmm. but like with the interest your progress is like teeters so the article suggested 
just not spending any more on those cards mm-hmm. and instead putting half of that or a bigger portion towards savings because what happens is when you are solely focused on debt and you keep throwing all your money at your debt, your credit cards or whatever become your yeah. emergency fund yeah. when something comes up and things always come up. Yeah. So, I mean, it was one sort of strategy, but just think, you know, really taking an honest look and being okay with the fact like debt is a part of the fabric of this nation. I'm all about the debt-free movement, but yeah. being honest about the fact that, hey, this might take a couple of years, but let me at least build my savings and not like completely deprive my life by trying to like pay this thing down. Yeah, I tomorrow. love that. Now it's time for Ask Job Log. So this is a segment of the show where we address your career and life questions. You can hit us up anytime at joblogs.com slash askjoblogs or call us at 929-324-1090 if you need some fresh advice. We have a one question in the inbox today. And Courtney, I think this one is for you. All right. It says, hey, guys, love the show. Listen to it before work to get me ready for the day. And I totally respect your hustle. So I want to ask for your advice. Could you do a future episode on the grad school process, applying and then getting in? How does it compare to college? What surprised you? And what was the hardest part of the application process? Hmm. Hardest part of the application process is that GRE. Mm. Just because you're just tapping into parts of your brain that you haven't used. Why? Like math. <laughs> in division and stuff like that although i live for the vocabulary section because my my words are on point for quite some time um so yeah for that i set aside i did a study schedule so like i forgot how exactly how often i did it but it was a good like like up yeah it was like before work I remember. Like was five that Yeah, girl. I did that? Yeah. That was stupid. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'll either do it before or after work. Mm-hmm. And um, so just, yeah, that sucked. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, setting for that. But I killed that thing, though. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so acting like you're really going to class and studying for the GRE. That's mm-hmm. one. Confession, I only wrote one application an essay to get an undergrad uh, and then my mom secretly applied to other places because <laughs> she was like who's paying for NYU not Listen, me right. <laughs> so, Hello. so that's how that happened um but I would say actually I think it was easier the grad school yeah just because you know I feel like you know yourself at that mm. point so when you're like writing these essays it's like I actually know, like, and if you're going to, please only go to grad school unless you know why you're going to grad school and, like, you want to accomplish X thing from going. So it's much easier to, like, get the essay out and done. And then, like, you get better. Ooh, pro tip, save your favorite school for the last application because each one gets better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, start with one and then work your way to your favorite school. It's it's. Similar, I think, right, to undergrad where you're really planning like a year. 
And yeah. sometimes two years out because it's such a commitment. Yeah. And if you need to save or think about your finances or. You right. Know, you need to save and the admission deadlines are usually a few months out. So it's it's a lot of work. Like applying is just as much work as going. Yeah. So, yeah. Just plan it out. What about the scholarship process? Did you start? Scholarship. Doing that I wish I had started doing that earlier because I didn't really get serious about it until after my second year. Mm hmm. And so going about that, I was, you know, searching kind of all the databases like from that school would offer. I mean, there's like so many scholarship databases. Yeah. Like searching those. But then I decided um, because I don't have a lot of time because I was in grad school (laughs) by that point. So really spoke hyper focusing on like stuff that was like tailor made Mm, for me. So I was applying for like women in the communication field, continuing their career, yes. like very Hello. specific to my life. <laughs> right. And then making sure like, if it's not above X amount of dollars, I, I'm not like you writing an essay for $500. Right. I'm just not. So right. really kind of focusing your efforts and making sure you're the perfect candidate. Mm. That's my tip for scholarships. Amazing. Best of luck to you. Godspeed. Call on them. You're going to need them. <laughs> <laughs> Many thanks to our sponsor, One United Bank, America's largest black-owned bank, for partnering with us to produce this episode today. Oh, for sure. And if you enjoyed this episode and are looking for more resources to encourage you in your financial journey, head over to oneunited.com. They've got amazing blogs and content, including their financial literacy blogs with articles that tackle all kinds of topics. So be sure to head over. Also follow them all over the web at One United on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And keep in touch with us um, at Joblogs and Joblogs.com. Mm-hmm. I'm Hamas Parker. And I'm at Cleave Out Loud. See ya. See ya. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.